Hey, it's Justin Moore, host of Creator Debates. I've got a bonus episode for you today with my friend Amanda Getz. Even though she has tons of experience in past lives as a founder and CMO, figuring out how to navigate brand partnerships as a creator has been a struggle. So I sat down with her and deconstructed her entire sponsorship strategy. We discussed why sponsorships seem hard for her, why inbound deals are usually fully baked, what Amanda should pitch as her primary platform, Platform, my feedback on her website and partnership deck, advice for creators just starting out, Amanda's dream brands, audience first offers, and how Amanda should price her deals. Before we get started with this episode, I'm curious, are you looking to land more brand partnerships? Because I have a free weekly report that's gonna get you paid. The Creator Wizard newsletter will help you find which brands and companies are sponsoring creators, pitch more effectively, get paid more money on each partnership, and immediately get better looking and tell funnier jokes, probably. Join 30,000 creators and sign up at creatorwizard.com slash join. That's creatorwizard.com slash join. I don't want to do just like CPM advertising. That's Amanda. She's a creator just like you, but like a lot of creators. The only sponsors I've taken have been inbound. And here's the problem. Figuring out how to pitch a brand's marketing team can feel intimidating for any creator. Heck, despite Amanda's background as a founder and chief marketing officer, being on the other side of the curtain has left her feeling uncertain. But if you don't want to rely solely on brands just popping into your inbox, this is a skill you have to learn. That's why I'm taking you in inside Amanda's sponsorship strategy today. I'm gonna to highlight the common assumptions that are reducing both the quality and quantity of her sponsorships and how they might be holding you back too. So by the end of this, you'll know how to use a brand's LinkedIn profile to craft a 10 times more compelling pitch, the critical mistake the majority of creators make on their website, and the four essential components for any strong proposal. Page one of this proposal is... So my name is Amanda Getz. I have founded two companies. One was in the wedding space as a tech company. And then the second one was in the CPG space. It was a wellness business. Um, I've been a marketer for over 18 years now. Uh, been CMO a few times. I've led teams as small as two, as big as 50. I led marketing at The Knot, the wedding company. Um, and over the past, few months, I have taken the dive into being a full-time content creator, which has been a really natural progression because I had been building an audience for four years, built up an audience of 100,000 people on Twitter. Now I'm focused on LinkedIn more specifically um, and started with a newsletter, grew it from zero to 15,000 subscribers in the first four months. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, what does monetization look like, feel like? I've had spons I, I, all, the only sponsors I've taken have been inbound. And that's great, you know, less work, but I need to systemize this a lot more and figure out like what level of bandwidth I need to allocate for this because I also, my revenue streams right now are three. I have the newsletter, sponsorships, I launched a membership community where I'm helping people both on the personal side of growth plus the professional. So it's group coaching um, and a lot of people who are in the early days of content creation, building an audience. Um, 
And then the third one, I have a paid newsletter with Jack Appleby called Break an Egg, which we launched about 10 days ago. And that is now like off and going a thousand subscribers um, that's paid. So those are my three revenue streams. The second two feel like well-oiled machines, but the first one is the one that I can't wrap my head around yet. Let's start here. Like, why can't you wrap your hand around it? Why is it? I mean, you're a marketer. You've done partnerships. You've done sponsorships with, you know, paying other people to do it. So like, what is the, what is the hard thing about it for you? Yeah. So there's probably two things that make it a little bit more friction. The first being, I don't want to do just like CPM advertising. um, Because for me, my relationship with my audience is really, really um, authentic, emotional, Um, I share a lot about like therapy stuff, personal growth. And this is not just like a typical B2B SaaS like newsletter. And with that, I think I may be being a little extra picky about um, the way I want to do do partnerships. And that leads me to the second point is where as a marketer, I know how advertising works. Like seeing something once isn't going to make someone convert. And so my my like go-to phrase that I say when I lead marketing teams is look for an octopus, not a swordfish, meaning can you hit your audience six to eight times so that you can go deep with them and build that trust and push them down the conversion funnel, whereas a swordfish, which is just like pay to post. So I've turned down several over the past couple of months where people are like, hey, I'd love to have you post this in your newsletter. I'll pay you, you know, a couple hundred dollars or, hey, I'd love to have you post to your Twitter audience. And for me, that's not the style I want to like, it's not the baseline or or expectation I want to set from the get go. The two that I've done so far that have worked really, really well is it's been an octopus. We we did a larger fee, but it it was a in the newsletter, but the newsletter topic was organic to their service. Um, and then, so for example, I did something with Capsule, which I love the product anyway. It's so easy to use for video editing. But what we did was I talked about like my media training and six steps to getting better on camera. Then I talked about editing. Then I created a uh, video for Twitter and LinkedIn. And then I did a promotion spot in the following newsletter. So it was like, okay, they heard about it, they saw it, and then it was posted again. So my audience saw it like five different times. Thus, they were like, wow, she really does use this. Um, And to me, as a marketer, I just feel like it's better for me, it's better for my audience, and it's better for the brand. Was that the deliverables and the kind of scope of work you just outlined for Capsule? Was that um, something they proposed or you did? I did. Okay. All right. And was this was that opportunity inbound as well or was that something you pitched? Okay. So just as like a baseline um, of the hundreds, thousands of partnerships that, that you know, I've done or been a part of uh, personally with my wife or through the agency when I ran it, um, there's a truism in partnerships that I found to be uh, basically universal, which is that the opportunities that are going to come inbound to you 
are almost always going to be fully baked or much more baked than in terms of the deliverables and the terms and whether they want exclusivity and like they've decided that they want to do influencer marketing and like to the point when they're actually reaching out to you. There's not much, there's not usually going to be much flexibility, especially as the company or the brand gets larger, right? And so your intuition, I think, in terms of finding partners that are willing to think a little bit more holistically about the types of partnerships that, uh, you know, they might be willing to forge, it's going to be a lot easier to, you know, pitch those, do outbound prospecting and pitching and actually you know, it's going to be you as the, you know, one kind of bringing this idea onto their plate where they may not either even be doing influencer marketing um, or partner marketing or anything like that. But now, you know, the thing that you bring to them is so exciting that, okay, let's have a conversation here and you're going to get, there's going to be more conversations. The the challenging thing for some people about that approach though, is it takes more time. It, the sales cycle is going to be longer. They may not have a ready to go budget where they're, oh yeah, sounds great. Here's 20 K. Um, that is is less likely, right? But um, you know, to your point, finding those partners where it's a better fit with your audience and all that stuff. Um, and so, like, that's the first thing here is I like, think your intu- intuition is right. Is like going out finding those partners that will be a good fit is going to be your best bet if that's what you're looking for. As I'm like looking at your your persona on the internet, because like you know, one of the exercises that I think a lot of brands, especially if they're going out and trying to like find people to partner with, um, you know, they sleuth, you know, they go and they kick the tires, they go on your social platforms, they go on your LinkedIn, they, you know, you have, I saw you have like a, you know, a little a couple links in your Instagram bio and I'm just kind of, kind of clicking around and seeing like what, what oh what's going on with Amanda. Right. Um, and, uh, this exercise, um, oftentimes for most creators, when I kind of do like, I would say, uh, what I call it a brand attraction audit. Um, yeah. it's, it's very confusing for, for some brands. Well, they're, they'll go down rabbit holes of different blogs or links that are out of date or all this stuff too. And so, um, like if I'm a brand and I decide like Amanda's the perfect partner for us, for me, um, I would say it's a little confusing to me of what's your focus. You've got your personal newsletter. You've got your, now your new Bay newsletter. Um, you've got social following across Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, those are all seem to be good. Um, And I think the first factor for me is trying to understand where's your focus, where if I am going to like invest money in partnering with you uh, and trying to get the, you know, biggest, like, you know, punch for my dollar, like, yeah. Where, where am I going to lead with when I reach out and be like, Hey, I want to partner with you. Is it Twitter? Because you have the most followers there. Is it LinkedIn? Because they're the most engaged. I can't really tell from the outside looking in that's okay. I'm just saying, I want to give you my first blush perception of like, it's not, it's not super clear to me of like where you is like your primary platform. Um, and I think that that, uh, is important to sit and reflect on because you may know as a creator, what you think is like your primary platform. And I don't know what it is, but, um, that, also, that should be reflected in your uh, the the perception that you give off on social media. So, do you have a sense of like where where you think is like your home base? Definitely Twitter. I mean that I I hit eight to ten million impressions a month. It's over a hundred thousand people, which I think is the TikTok equivalent of like five hundred thousand. It's very hard to grow on Twitter. Um, So Twitter's been my home base for four years. I do not focus on Instagram. I don't focus on TikTok. I'm a very uh, content, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say content, uh, copy-driven 
platform. So that's why Twitter and LinkedIn are my jams. I'm a writer. So I'm looking at your website right now and I want to see a feed of your tweets on your website. If that's the oh, case, okay, that's a great idea. Um, because like it, that to me, if I, if above the scroll or maybe right below the scroll, if I'm seeing your, your real time tweets here, like that to me illustrates like, okay, like this is probably her primary platform and I can see how active you are. I can click through, I can see the tweets. I can see the level of engagement that you're getting. That to me is like, oh, it's like curate the, the, the experience for the marketer yeah, to see, okay, yeah. if I want to work with you, I, let me click through and see what she thinks is most important. So like that, that, that would be a really low hanging fruit thing to me that I want to see here. The other thing that I want to see on your website is I want to see a work with me button up here. I want to see I mean, a partnerships maybe. button in the top nav okay. um, on, on the um, contact form or on the, maybe it was on the press form. I was looking around. Oh, here. Yeah. You have a little blurb here about like partnership sponsorship, stuff like that. Yeah, but it's super um, and, you know, I want to see a full page. You know, I want to see the content embedded that you did with capsule. I want to see, you know, you, yeah. I, you know, we're going to look at your media kit in a second here, your partnership deck, but like, I want to see that live public. I don't want to have to email you to see that. I want to see that live on your website. I want to see yep. the demographics of your audience. I want to see the results of those, that survey that you did um, to you know get an understanding of like who's yeah. in your audience. Like you probably know this as a marketer that like there's a lot of tire kicking that goes on and they may be putting you in a deck to pitch to their boss or pitch right. if it's an agency to pitch to their client to before their they life. even before. Yeah. Before they even reach out to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, oh, we think the, you know, these thought leaders, five to 10 thought leaders on, you know, the Internet would be a good fit for working with our brand. And they're doing all this before they even talk to you. Yep. And so the the biggest like recommendation I can give is just like lay it all out there. Here is everything. Yep. Here is everything I've got for you. You don't have to put pricing. You don't have to put anything. It's just like here's all the information that will be easier. Here's my headshot. You, you want to put me in a deck. Fine. Go do that thing. Um, and so this is another like big insight is like when a brand oftentimes is reaching out to you, sometimes they'll have vetted you pretty heavily and may have even gotten a soft green light from their superior or their client to, to collaborate with you. And so, um, just, just make it easy on them is the point. Yeah, no, I love that. Cause like, it's so funny being a marketer for so long, it's like moving into the creator world, like you intuitively know this stuff, but it's, it's a whole other you're on the other side of the fence. So you're right. Like I should make that so easy for a marketer to pitch. Let's look at your partnership deck. And first of all, like round of applause. I'm going to give you a round of applause here. I got some sound effects like great work. <laughs> like it looks good. You, you know, don't, uh, you know, I know you're a little shy and embarrassed to show this, but like the fact that you even have this is fantastic. So, so great work. Um, okay. So you know, one thing I was um, taking a look at, you know, some of the various pages that you have in here. So, you know, you've got your cover page, you've got the bio, um, you've got some press mentions, you've got different ways to work together. You've got, um, you know, some insights on your reach and your impressions and all that stuff. Um, screenshots. I love kind of some social proof of your community. You've got different ways to work together here. Uh, you've got, you know, this case study uh, with capsule. Um, so you've got all of like, you know, a lot of good components here. Um, one thing, well, like the first thing that I see when I look at this media kit is I want to see this case study, Amanda, on page one. Okay. This is what I, this is what I care about. Yep. Um, the big insight here is that when you start to have these conversations with these brands and you're proactively reaching out, um, the, the, the most important question that you need to ask is what is your goal brand X? What is your goal yep. brand company, you know, company, um, when collaborating with me? And they're going to tell you one of three things. They're going to tell you, well, this partnership is awareness focused. 
I, yep. I call it my ARC framework, ARC, awareness, right? Where spread the word, get the most, you know, we're launching, you know, in a new territory or we're launching this new feature. Like we just want to get the most amount of eyeballs on this possible, right? Yep. Second is repurposing where they say, hey, we love the personal brand that you've built. We love the fact that, you know, you have, uh, you create really compelling content. We suck at that. And so we want to hire you or one of the primary deliverables from this is we want to take this content and repurpose it. We want to put it on our website. We want to put it on our social channels. We want to run paid advertising with it. That's the goal for us, the primary yep. goal. They may not come out and say that critically to you. It's, it's you actually double clicking on, yeah, but what do you really want? You know, it takes a yeah. little bit sometimes to ask and really be that uh, doctor and ask about those the symptoms and the questions and um, be kind of a detective there. And then the third goal type is conversion, right? This is yep. where they really care about driving sales or trial signups or app downloads or whatever it is. And once you get that, that you know, primary goal, it may be a couple different goals, right? Yeah. And critically, it's important to kind of uh, separate those, right? So a lot of brands will be like awareness and conversions, right? It's like, well, you know, let's talk about the optimus here. You know, it's going to be critical to ensure that we have uh, multiple touch points to ensure, you know, different depending Urgent. on where we're at in the funnel yeah. and all that stuff, right? And so um, the reason that it's so important that you understand what their goal is, is that your case study has to change in the deck that you send them. Mm. So for Capsule, let's say, it seems like what you're showing is awareness here. It got all these impressions and, you know, you know great comments and all this stuff too. And so a brand that you're talking to that has a conversion goal type, you better not send them that case study because that's not what they care about. What they care yeah. about is conversions. And so the the important exercise that really won't take you that long or the, the higher level objective is like have start building up this repository of yeah. case studies that you can swap out in your partnerships deck and your proposal when you send to them so that it's perfectly aligned to their objective. Because yeah. they may open this and be like, I don't care about this. This is not I, I said we lead gen. We told Amanda lead gen is what we want. We want signups for our. X, Y, Z thing. Um, and so this is a very big mistake that a lot of creators make is that they just, oh, here's all the, you know, testimonials, case studies, all this stuff too. It's like, no, you have to curate the experience for them, yeah. right? What's your advice for someone who's starting out? Because obviously I only have a few. So like I could definitely take the capsule one and it also drove conversion. And I have some of those numbers and I can get more from the team. And I could basically have two versions hundred percent. Exactly. You can have two different versions of it, uh, especially if you were able to accomplish multiple objectives. There's other creative ways that you can um, illustrate that you have influence. Um, for example, um, you can say uh, you you um, like asked your audience to do a thing and they did the thing. Whether it's filling out a survey or going and registering for a free webinar or it's like going and doing X something that illustrates that like I made a, a single tweet and 500 people signed up for this like free webinar or something or on LinkedIn or whatever it is um, that shows that you can convert. So it may not be a sponsorship per se, um, but you are illustrating that you have influence. And so like you can be quite creative, I think, in the case studies that you create, like a perfect example of this is when my wife and I started doing Amazon Live, which is like live commerce. We wanted to do more partnerships on there. But we didn't have any like partnerships yet that we could show as case studies. And so we made one. We said, hey, we did a live stream for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. 
you know, we uh, generated the, the the statistics that we had in our app. You know, we could see the engagement, we could see the clicks to the products, we could see all this stuff. And so we made a case study and we said, hey, this is what we could do if we were to partner with your brand. And so you just like, just be creative. Yep. Yep. That's super helpful. I, I didn't even think about like the webinar stuff. Like I, I get people to sign up for stuff like that all the time and using that as a case study. So the other I'm really, this is a great segue into um, talking about your special sauce because you, I think, are quite unique in terms of what you could potentially offer to brands once you start engaging with them. So I actually think it's quite limiting to think, okay, like I have this strategy and all like the, my goal is to just like fill up inventory in my newsletter or fill up, do partnerships on LinkedIn or Twitter or something like that. I actually think like if you were to look at Amanda and what you could potentially bring the value proposition that you could potentially bring to a brand, uh, all, various different brands, there's so many different things that you could help them with. So what I, what I oftentimes like to say is like, you're not just a creator, you're a consultant and you in particular, given your history as a marketer is that what I would be looking to do is just, you know, how go into these conversations and like be, you know, just just download, ask all these questions like, you know, tell me about what's going on. You know, what's on your product roadmap? Like, what are you facing competitive headwinds? Like, you know, what is uh, you know, what's going on in um you know, do you have supply chain issues, regulatory issues? Like you're a marketer, you can ask about because you know that like what's going on in the larger business has a huge impact on the marketing strategy, right? Um, and so, you know, they may ramp up and down that spend depending on other macro factors that's going on with the business. And so you're uniquely positioned to ask a lot of those questions very credibly given your, your background and expertise. And that is going to lead to so many other things beyond sponsorships. So yeah, you, you may come inbound, you know, talking about, hey, yeah, let's let's work. I, I saw that you're, you know, trying to accomplish this objective. Let's talk. But then you may stumble into like, oh, actually, I can help you with like, let's let's do some quarterly consulting here. Let's think about how I can do, you know, this is my favorite thing to do is like, Okay, I come inbound to a brand. It seems like I do a little bit of sleuthing. I looked at their LinkedIn. I saw that their VP of marketing was making a post about, you know, this really important thing that's happening in their company in two, three months. And that's the thrust of what I what I say when I reach out. I say, hey, I saw that, you know, in, in fact, this is one of my other tactic, favorite tactics is like, go back and see what they were posting, let's say on Instagram last year. So let's say I want to po post a uh, pitch a brand uh, in Q1. For, for some sort of new year, you know, you know, Q1 re budgets reset. I hate brand. I saw that you were running the new year, new you, you know, campaign last Q1. Are you going to be running that again this year? I would love to help you support that and amplify that uh, campaign in the following ways. We can do some newsletter blasts. We can do some LinkedIn, some Twitter. And so rather than being like, hey, brand, I love you. Like, let's collaborate. Let's talk. It's like, hey, I saw that you were doing this thing last year. Are you running that again this year? Yeah, right? the sleuthing piece is really key. Like, that's the part that I, I'm just like, I, I, I kind of did the 101 where it's like, what are softwares, products that I'm using? Like, let's let's create that list. But you're right. Like, then take it the level deeper and figure out what's what are they tweeting about? What are they posting? What is what was their content strategy um, and get ahead of it? Give me a uh, give me a dream brand or company that you want to partner with, and we'll do a we'll do a real time tactical example. Ooh, um, okay. I was thinking about like 
the tools that I use, I, so like ConvertKit, Hype Fury, Sensa for testimonials, like any of these that I'm using to build in my creator journey could work. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you with something, which is that um, I have this this framework that I call audience first offers. And one of the most challenging things I think for a lot of creators, and this is when I, when I asked them the question that I just asked you, it would be like, what's your dream brand? They think about the tools that they personally use. It's like, oh, the brands and products, I love this, this type of thing. But that's table stakes, okay? Because when, a, when like, it's not a compelling pitch for you to reach out and be like, hey, ConvertKit, I use your software, I love it. Yeah, that's what everyone says, right? What, what the, the pitch that you actually want to make is, hey, I have, I surveyed my audience and a cohort of them is already either using your product or is interested in email marketing because I asked them. That's the pitch that you want to make. And so a really important uh, exercise here is threefold. You send out another survey like you similarly did, uh, it sounds like a couple weeks ago, and ask some additional questions. So not just about, you know, what types of jobs you have, age, you know, like, or do you have kids? Are you married? You know, uh, what, uh, you know, is keeping you up at night? What problems do you have? Like some of these kind of psychographic questions, but you're also going to say something like, Hey, what, what things do you wish that I offered like products, let's say that I don't and why, um, asking, um, you know, what brands and tools and products are you using and loving right now, potentially from other brands and companies? What, Peers in this industry, would you love to see me collaborate with and why? So you ask certain, and those are very important, like uh, intentional questions because it accomplishes three things. Number one, if you get that list back from people of like what's keeping them up at night or what brands and products and services are you using, using and loving, now you have a, t a short list of brands to reach out to because you say it's not just about me, it's about the it's about the audience, right? That's number one. Um, secondly is, um, you'll now discover potentially gaps in your product offering, in your roadmap of things that your audience is actually hungry for from you that you're not currently offering. So that's the products. So you've got products, sponsors, and then the final one, which is really important, is alliances. So there's probably things that you're never gonna create. There's probably you know products, services, coaching, courses, things that you're never gonna create, but your audience is telling you that they have an issue in this thing, whether it's mindset coaching or whether it's you know some other job, career coaching or things that you're not really gonna do, but you have this friend over here that's great at it. You should better be putting their offer in front of your audience because the goal is serving your audience. It's about audience first. How can, because surprise, surprise, when they trust you more, because you introduce them to this thing that measurably improved their life, they're going to want to buy the stuff that you're talking about and patronize the sponsors that you work with, right? And so it's this it's this trifecta product sponsors alliances that is is a is a really helpful framework. And the beautiful part is it makes selling easy. It's no longer icky to like tell your audience about stuff because it's serving them. Um, and so I would really encourage you like to maybe do another assessment or survey um, and, and try to figure out like, okay, it's not about me. Uh, we could start there, but it's not about me. It's about what's going on in their lives. So if I, so going through that explanation, could you put yourself in your audience's shoes and think about what is going on in their life? They're trying to advance in their career. They're trying to get work-life balance, a little bit about the persona that you told me. Now, I'm gonna ask you the question again, what brands or, or services or products do you think would be a good fit? Oh my goodness. So Based on the survey, we have a lot of people who are looking for time management, productivity. They're struggling with burnout. 
So things that would help them get offline. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So have you heard of a, a, of a software program called Freedom? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is the perfect app for you. So Freedom is the world's best app and website blocker. So yeah. what this allows you to do is you can manually uh, identify, you can identify tools, apps, services that will be blocked for a certain time frame to yep. allow you to go into flow. Yep. And I talk okay. about flow state and focus all the time. It is something that happens naturally for me, but for so many people, they struggle with it to block out the noise. So this would be so perfect. So, so do you see how much better of a fit this would be to reach out to than the convert kits? And, and it's fine. You, like, you, we could talk about that, but like this is serving them. Yes. This is important, right? And so let's say that we're we're going to pitch Freedom, okay? So what we want to figure out is, is the name of the brand Freedom or do they have, uh, like we want to find out what the company is. Okay, so it sounds like copyright freedom.2. One thing I like to do is go to their uh, privacy policy to see the name of the company. Uh, okay, so they're called operated by 80% Solutions Corporation, it seems like. Because um, okay. when we're looking for them on LinkedIn, we want to know what the name of the brand is, uh, the name of the actual company. Sometimes yeah. it's tough if they're not actually called that. But we're going to start with that. Freedom app, let's say. And we're going to say Partnerships Manager LinkedIn. This is our magic search query. Name of the brand, title, LinkedIn in Google. Okay. And yep. um what I'm what I'm seeing here, it's it's you know, as I suspected, the the word freedom app is like hard to find, I think. Um yep. and so I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and search this company's name, 80% solutions. So Fred is the founder. This is a really good insight, is that we can go to their LinkedIn page and see what they care about. So they made this post three days ago. Have you ever found yourself trying to avoid uncomfortable situations by opening uh, social media? Why do we seek emotional support, uh, comfort on our screens? And so we've got this carousel here talking about, you know, what they believe is like, you know, one of the biggest values of their app. And so this would be what I would lead with in your pitch. You could say, hey, I saw that, you know. Uh, you're talking uh, about how, you know, like, why do we seek emotional comfort in our screens? I have also talked about why that's so important. And then you link a post where you've been talking about that, whether it's an archive of your newsletter or it's on LinkedIn or on Twitter, whatever. So I talk about what's called the rope method It's R-O-P-E. R is you're pitching something relevant that the brand is either talking about currently in one of their campaigns or they ran in the past. O is organic, meaning that you can tie your pitch back to organic work that you've already published, right? To show that your audience has affinity for that topic or that brand. P is proof, so you can show how you've helped other brands achieve results. And E is easy to execute when they say, hey, this is interesting. So you actually are pitching them something. And so in this in this freedom pitch, we're saying, hey, um, you know, I saw this, this thing is important, you know, uh, P oh, I'm already talking about this. P, here's this case study, uh, you know, of how I've you know helped another brand achieve results. And E is, hey, I would love to help you create, you know, five LinkedIn carousels um, along, you know, with the following topics. Are you free yep. on Thursday at 10 a.m. to talk about this? Yep. So, so this is this is the thrust of this pitch. And so. What do we learn? We learned, okay, we've got, we learned a couple things within like two minutes. We learned, you know, uh, let's see. I, what I also want to know is like, 
uh, you know, who else is working at this company. So, um, you know, we've got obviously the people you may know column is all usually very helpful to start yeah. getting a sense of like who else is there. So here we go. We've got Philip, who's the VP of marketing. You know, this is probably going to be a better person to, you know, to target than yeah. the, uh, than the, than the CEO. Um, you know, we can also, you know, do other sleuthing to see if there's other people within the marketing organization there to see if there's someone better. Let's see what else is, um, you know, what else is still posting about? So he reposted this thing on product hunt. Oh, I saw you guys, you know, uh, launched on product hunt two months ago. Right. There's another angle, you know, yep. to reach out and say, Hey, how did that, you know, how did that go? You know, did that, you know, you know, it seems like they were launching their iOS app. Hey, I saw that you launched the iOS app two months ago. How'd it go? Now that the dust has settled on that product hunt launch, how is things? I would love to help spread the word about the fact that you have an iOS app now. Yep. It seems so simple, but yet like it it's so helpful to go through. Like I love the R-O-P-E. Like that is super helpful framework for me, like in reaching out to people. Because you're right. Like I've, I've talked about these things. I can show the proof and then I can show them the case study and then coming up with like basically serving it on a platter. Here are like three ways. Now, pricing. Do you talk about pricing in the first like when I am reaching out? Do you say anything? So with respect to pricing, um, obviously you want to set the expectation as quickly as possible that this is going to be a paid engagement. This is not something you're going to do for free. It's not going to be an affiliate thing unless you wanted to, but you know, that this is going to be a type of thing where they're going to, you know, want to, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, value that you're going to be providing to them. And the, the goal is to make it obvious that they're going to have to compensate you for this as quickly as possible, uh, you know, in, in those initial conversations. So, the number one tip that I can give you is to remove pricing from your partnership, your media kit immediately. Okay. Because you are essentially leading the witness here. You are saying, hey, uh, these are all the various ways in which you can work with me. And here the brand sitting here over thinking, you know, over sitting thinking, wow, we, we actually probably would have paid Amanda maybe closer to 100K to do this. But oh, she's saying that's only 5K to do a webinar or oh, only 5K to do consulting or, you know, the, this package or whatever. Um, sounds good. Right. And so um, you never want to lead the witness. And as you're designing these these bespoke partnership documents for them where you have this initial discovery call, this initial conversation, you collect all this data, you say, hey, Brand, here's this bespoke custom proposal for you that is going to accomplish exactly what you told me, rather than being like, here's how I work with every brand, pick one, right? It's like, hey, here's here's exactly what you told me you're trying to accomplish, you know, objective A, objective. So what I talk about and like I have these like templates in my program where it's like, Page one of this proposal is what I heard, the goals, right? It's A, B, and C, awareness, repurposing, conversions, whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, spread the word about the launch of the iOS app for freedom, whatever it is, right? That's, that's goal one, right? And so then fast forward to the, you know, when you're talking about the deliverables, you say, hey, package one is going to help you accomplish goal one. You told me that you want to, you know, drive, move the needle on, I'm, I'm probably giving you like flashbacks to your, you know, your marketing days. It's like you design the, you, you, you make the plan um, and illustrate that if you pay me 20 K I'm going to help you accomplish this internal marketing objective. And guess what? 
guess what? They have budgets. That's what they have budgets for, right? You ran, you were a CMO, you ran. That's what you have. You have budgets for your own initiatives. You don't have budgets to, to pay Amanda who's reaching out telling you to sponsor her newsletter. You have budgets for your own initiatives. And so your, your job is to draw that line. If you pay me this money, I'm going to help you accomplish your initiatives. Yep. It's so the thing that I'm hearing and taking away from this is as a marketer, I would do these partnership docs all the time because, and and even as a startup founder, I would create these decks for influencers where I'm like, here's why, you know, Skinny Confidential and House of Wise are perfect together. And, you know, you're doing this, we're doing this, right? As a creator and stepping into the creator side of things, and I think many other creators might resonate with this, it's like, you're focused on like eight things and you're like, well, if someone reaches out, I'll just send them this deck. But to your point, taking the extra step, because that's not converting. It just won't. So like the say and spray method doesn't work. And I'd rather, I think I need to really say like, I'm going to focus on one partnership at a time right now, realistically, and go through the bespoke because one bespoke at 50K is better than zero or, you know, two that are picking like the, well, I'll do this a la carte, a little bit of this and a little bit of this. So that's like my biggest takeaway right now is that taking a little bit of the extra time will actually lead to more revenue and and I'm sure like I, I'm now like I'll just sign up for your stuff so I can get all your templates. Um, but it's it's like I can templatize this and be like, OK, I have all this case study stuff I can pick and choose. And I always say, like, um, spend time to save time. Like I, if I do this now and really get myself organized with these case studies, then I can like piecemeal it together for each person. It's hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. That's what I say is like, it's, it's a bunch of it's effort, uh, front loaded effort where you make the proposals, you get the templates ready, you have the case studies. And then it's just this exercise of kind of moving it around. And, you know, it's, it's the, the beautiful part about this is that it's actually not that much work to tweak the proposals. Once you have a couple done, um, where you just kind of move, Oh, the brand told me they want this and they want that. Cause this is what I do. A brand comes inbound or, or we're pitching a brand for, for creator wizard. Right. And they say, Oh, like awareness. And so, okay, for that brand, I'm going to pitch the podcast. And for this brand over, you know, for, I'm also going to do the, the YouTube channel. And then, Oh, for this brand over here. Oh, they don't want that there. I'm not going to pitch either of those things to them. I'm going to pitch the newsletter. I'm going to pitch having them come in and having their VP of marketing do a guest expert in my private community. Like, it's like, that's what they is going to resonate with them based on yeah. the objective. And so, it's just this kind of exercise. And a lot of creators would be like, oh, that just seems like so much work. I'm like, okay, well, if you want it, yes, it's more work, but if you can make 10 times the amount of money, like, so yeah, much. you're closing. Yeah. And so I, I will also, I just want to like flag one other thing is that I, I actually think it would be a mistake to focus on just one partnership right now. Um, I think that the, 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 it's not about the quantity of partnerships to focus on. It's about, I, I view it as finite exercises. So you have one thing, which is like getting the collateral done, which is yeah. like, you know, the proposals, the case studies, all this stuff too. But your goal is to get as many people in the top of the funnel 
into the entrance of what I call your sponsorship wheel, which is basically a sales pipeline, Amanda. Right. And so it's like you have to get as many people into the wheel. That was bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got to get people into your wheel. And then what's going to happen is that they just start. It's this eight step uh, process where they're going to start. It's like a, you know, a a Trello board. You know, you're starting to move people along the process in the sales pipeline. And so once you have have added an adequate amount of people into this pipeline, um, then you can take your foot off the brake a little bit more. Yeah, you're but right. I, I would actually argue that you, you, there is going to be a period of intensity in the beginning uh, of your creator <laughs> journey to like, you got to get all these parts, you got to have start having lots of conversations. They're going to start entering into various stages of your sales pipeline. And then, you know, you will be able to get it on autopilot a little bit more down the line. But like, there is going to be this period in the beginning that will be uh, a little more intense. But it makes total sense. And now I can see how, like, I love the audience first mentality. I, I now know what kind of collateral I need to really get going. It's like I have bits and pieces of it, but now it's like lay it all out there so I can piecemeal it together for each person. And then I'm going to start to look at my audience and probably send out another survey and then create my hit list because, like, that freedom is so good. And so I'm sure one person, it, probably uses that of my audience and that would have given me the like oh what's this thing i've never heard of it before so awareness of just the types of products they're using is sometimes the hardest part for me and and the other um you know really cool kind of meta tactic about that is that you know i would almost virtually guarantee you that there is going to be people in your audience who will probably be sponsors Um, And so having this really kind of transparent conversation around maybe you write a post sponsors that you're looking for sponsors, right? It's something as simple as like, yeah, (laughs) that I like did a case study on. I was like, fun fact, this was my first ever, you know, sponsored content. And here's like why it worked and what happened. And from that, I got inbound. So so it's like. My favorite types of creators to work with are folks like you who have backgrounds in marketing and sales because once you it's you you can't unlearn it or once you, you can't unsee it once you hear this stuff because it's like oh I just needed someone to hold up a mirror I know a lot of this stuff already I just need to apply it in a slightly different lens I'm on the other side of it now but I have a lot of these skills and so I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to crush it after this <laughs> Well I'm so pumped to join your stuff so that way I can learn more cuz this is definitely not a tool I have in my toolkit on the creator side. It's like I've been on the marketing side for so long. So I think it's it's so funny joining communities. It's like you sometimes just need to be told things that you already know, but like from a slightly different angle. And that's why I think it's so powerful to be a creator because and I tell this to like my community all the time. They're like, well, yeah, there's so many people doing X. And I'm like, yeah, but Sometimes somebody needs to hear it because you're going to deliver it with your spin and your experience and your own flavoring. Um, and that's literally what you just did to me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Well, well, this is awesome. Thank you so much again. It was so no, great. This is great. I'm super yeah. pumped and I will yeah. keep you posted. By the way, if you want to be featured in a future public coaching call like this, make sure to click the link below. 
hey, you're uh, you're still here. That's pretty cool. I appreciate that. I got a really small ask. Could you take a quick second to rate creator debates on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? A friend of a friend told me that positive ratings are the number one way to help get your podcast in front of new listeners. So if you found value in this episode or any content that I've ever published on the interwebs, a single solitary tear would roll down my smiling cheek the moment that you submit your rating. Kidding, not kidding. Thanks again.